Hello and welcome to the Money Queen podcast. I am Alex Nicolaitis, the Money Queen. I am here to unite the masculine and feminine energetics of money and invite you in joining me to break the stigma of we don't talk about money here. I will deliver the loving bitch slaps that you need in your business to elevate you as a leader and support you to that next level and welcoming in the wealthiest version of yourself. With over 13 years in the accounting and bookkeeping industry, I utilize the support of the masculine in systems, structure, support, and ATO compliance combined with the feminine of the energetics of mentoring, guiding, getting really curious, and allowing ourselves to be open to receiving. So hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, and I cannot wait to have you by my side as we raise the feminine collective and create true generational wealth and change. I have a special guest for you today. I'm so excited to have her here. If you cannot tell in my voice, (laughs) she is my business bestie, my gal pal, my ride or die. If you're in my space, you know exactly who I'm talking about right now. She's laughing in the way in the background. (laughs) She needs no introduction. Casey Warwick, thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Like, when I'm like, do you need an actual bio? I totally loved the one that you did so much more than the ones that I have. Yes. Oh, my God. This has been a long time coming. I mean, A, the podcast, you've been telling me to do that for years, and B, like, actually having you on board here. So I'm like... Yes, 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 yes. I love that this gets to be a reality in our world. And um, yeah, so, all right. For for those who, like, I don't know, live on another planet and don't know who you are in my world, (laughs) can you set the scene for me? And because this podcast is all about, like, having money conversations and allowing money to actually be less of a taboo in our world and like actually lean into what are our money stories? Where do we come from? Where are we actually at now? Like what lessons did we learn? Like what challenges did we go through to be able to be the business owner that we are today and to be able to make more impact in this world and to generate more wealth in your world to then you know create that ripple effect in your space, in your world, in this, in this life that we're living. Set the scene for me of what language was used around money in your home when you were growing up? This is a big one, right? So, okay, if you know just how deep Al and I are in each other's worlds, right, you can understand that I've also hired her for her services as well to help me with my money stuff because, you know, at the end of the day, I grew up in housing commission. My parents had drug addictions, uh, you know, you let me just like paint that scene for you, right? Like there was domestic violence. There was so much, I guess you could say unconscious activity, like without going into detail that, you know, it was, it was quite hard financially. And I remember like, you know how like the catalogs come around each week, like when you were younger, they don't really do it these days anymore, but like we'd get the printed out catalogs and I'd be like, oh, mom, I want this or I want that. And I'd like share with her what I wanted. And we would do it from the intention that it was Christmas. Like we're we're giving her the idea for every time. It was, I can't fucking afford that. Stop asking for shit. Fuck this. Like it was that kind of language. And so I grew up thinking not to ask for anything. Don't have your needs met. Like, and even though, you know, my mom tried her best to do all those things. Like we had the the duality of like when it was good, it was incredibly good because my stepdad had dabbled in like all kinds of unconventional ways of earning money, right, without going into the detail of that. But when it was good, we had such an influx and an overflow, but our life in those moments wasn't getting set up. It was getting splurged on right Mm. and so it was like oh my god we have money now let's go shopping oh my god we have money now let's go out here let's go do this let's go do that so for me I never grew up with a forefront in mind like I never grew up thinking of the future I only grew up week to week like pension to pension essentially and I think I've shared this story with you before and on my own podcast but it's like I remember so distinctly at like the age of eight years old I was looking at my mum scrounging through the couch to try and find enough money for a 99 cent loaf of bread Mm. right like and I mean she was so stressed and so anxious and I was just like I remember like 
vividly hearing, this will not be your life. And so for me, it was like I had all of this happening in my world where money was great and then scarce, great then scarce, great then scarce, right? And just had a funny little moment then in my head. We're both like, oh, we're going to unpack that later. Um, Yes, Yes, we are. I know exactly what you're talking about. But it was like I then go to my dad's who my dad and my mum had separated, but dad then went on to build this incredible huge company. So it was like I wouldn't hear from dad and then when I'm physically with him, he would like splurge like crazy. I'm talking it was nothing to spend $1,000 on dinner. It was nothing to, you know, go and do every experience that was possibly available at the time because that was his way of showing us love. So I was like, oh, love means expensive stuff, but I was also like, I don't have that in my home, and my mum's telling me she's trying to do everything for me, and I, I was just confused. Like I had so many different worlds of what financial wealth looked like, but actually none of it was setting me up for the future. So yeah. that's backstory. I think, like, it's such a such a common story of when people grow up and it's like the highs, the lows, like there's not actually that stability in in your world or in a lot of people's world to be like, this is what safe money feels like. Mm. Like there's just so much like it's either fucking amazing or it's either fucking terrible. It's either like, yes, buy all the things, it's Christmas and, you know, splurge, 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 or it's like, we can't can't afford that, put that down, like don't touch that, Uh, you know, only look at that. Mm. It's just such a constricting feeling and, and, you know, I believe that, you know, I know that where you are at now and where I want to, you know, move through into when I do have kids, um, (laughs) that's involving things, (laughs) um, is creating that stability around like, you know, and and a concept I believe in is nothing's good or bad, wrong or right, you know, bad or evil. It's like, it just is Mm, mm. like, and how can we bring that, that, concept into the money world like it's not amazing it's not terrible it's not good it's not bad it's not wrong it's not right like it just is I know and what is what is our current reality and like how can we shift in alignment with where we actually want to move forward to in relationship to our current reality as opposed to like putting these labels on it to be like fuck we're in huge scarcity or oh my god we've got all this money and like another piece in in that when you're rolling riding that roller coaster is that lack of trust because when you have a lot of money come into your world and you see it all the fucking time with lotto winners, mm-hmm. they win millions of dollars and then they spend it you know in the, the next five years. Actually, I don't know the number of it. If you do, please It's share. actually 84% of people who win the lottery within two years are poorer than when they, before they won yeah. it. Yeah. Because they don't trust themselves. Yeah. It's like this money comes into my world and I don't trust myself enough to hold it. I don't feel that I'm responsible enough. I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to hold on to this wealth, to create more from this wealth, to like even have it in my sphere right now. So I'm going to repel it. I'm mm. really going to spend it. I'm going to give it to other people. I'm going to be like irresponsible in inverted commas with this money and just get it out of my world already so I can go back to my comfort zone. And what does my comfort zone look like? It looks like scarcity. Mm. And that's where my norm is. And our brains are literally regulated to like push us back to our comfort zone. And if that's scarcity for you, that's 100% where you're going to get back to really fucking quickly if you do win the lotto and you're not actually like your nervous system isn't regulated to hold that wealth Mm. because you've just not been taught that before totally and just on like another side point of that as well like because a lot of the money in my world just to like I said I wasn't going into it but I'm going into it a lot of the money that did come (laughs) into our world was from drugs right Mm. so it was like then there's this added connotation that to have money is bad yes right and so you're like in this play of like you know can I actually be a good person and have money as well? And I know a lot of people uh, like have that belief system that they're running from. It's like in order to make money, I've got to do bad things, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me in the earlier years of like learning that, like learning that money is actually good, I had no idea about like all the other tiny little belief money stories that I had, but that one was like so big. So as you said, like repel, repel, repel. I literally mm-hmm. did everything in my power to like get money out and I remember the first time I ever had more than a thousand dollars in my bank account right Mm. like this is how long it took me to get to that point I was 27 
mm-hmm. and it was because of a tax return, right? Like, I kid you not. And for, for those of you who knew me, I was already in business at this point, right? I was already doing my thing. I was a personal trainer. And I remember that time going, oh, my God, there's $1,000 in my account. I'm safe. Mm. And I was like, fuck. Like, but then, like, the minute it happened, spent it. Like, and I dropped myself straight back down. And I was like, oh, and that was when I actually spoke to one of my friends about it. And they were like, oh, yeah, you need to reset your wealth point. And I was like, what? Like, and they're like, your wealth point. Have you ever noticed that your account goes back to the same amount every week? Mine was negative $200, right? And then I started hearing all these things around like, you know, what's in your bank account is a representation of your self-worth and all these other things, right? So I started then making making it mean so many wrong things for me to then be like in a space of like building or deficit or anything like that. So rather than getting myself out of scarcity, I drove that deeper into my nervous system of like I now have to have like 30 grand in my account or 50 grand in my account just to feel safe, not trusting that it was an ever-flowing thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally, totally. And I think that's a beautiful segue into the next piece that I want to talk to you about is how how old were you when you started your first business? Uh, on paper, technically, I was 22. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So at age 22, with hindsight now, what lesson about money do you wish that you had known back then for any 22-year-olds that are listening right now and are just about to start their own business? Impart your wisdom onto them, please. I've got wisdom from even earlier than that. <laughs> When I was 18, I joined the military, right? And mm. I suddenly had way more money than I ever fucking thought that I could have because that was a lot for me back then, right? Like, and it wasn't the world's greatest wage in the, like, but however, for me it was. And so what I did was like, as soon as I came into money, my lifestyle suddenly expanded so much and I capped myself out at that new level of money. Right, so it was like I remember seeing these shoes. I think I've told you about this. They um, they were Tony Bianco shoes, right? Yes. So fucking ugly these shoes. They were stripper heels, right? But because they were Tony Bianco and I could now afford them, I fucking bought them, right? And it was purely because of the name that was on there, and it makes me think back to that. You know that saying, like um, I can't remember it like verbatim, but it's like. Um, Broke people will want you to think that they're rich. Rich people have no interest in proving it to you. Absolutely. Fuck yes. Yeah. But that's how I was. I suddenly was like, oh, I want people to think I have money because I'm in the military. Right. So I started like buying all these expensive clothes. And rather than just going to like JJ's to get like an average singlet, I was like making sure I went to Meyer and spending $90 on a singlet and like little things like that, that like for what purpose? Like it wasn't producing anything out. So for me, the piece of advice I now have is like, and because this this piece of advice I actually implemented from the business day. So this is why I give this now, as in like it started earlier, was those extra pieces of money that you get, like stay within like your living means already. Like don't just suddenly go, oh, I've got more, I can spend more and I can splurge more and be more. Like allow yourself to actually like hands down invest it because for me, like the minute I started my business, I kid you not, every single spare bit of money I had still to this day (laughs) almost goes into developing my business, right? And I have another rule that I think would be really great for this segment, this piece, is Mm -hmm. if you can't claim it, don't fucking spend it. Yes. (laughs) Like... People used to be like, why do you get your nails done and do all that sort of stuff before? And I was like, because I could claim it. The only reason I don't get them done now is because I actually prefer my hands without them on, right? But, like, Mm. I'll probably go through a phase where I'll start doing it again and it will be claimed as branding and all the things, right? So I'm like, I can't invest my wealth now. Now that I'm like, and look, I'm no fucking expert. You know this first class, like, first hand. I'm no expert at it. But. The one thing that I know is like if I do not get a return on something, whether it be a skill set or um, 
nourishing food in my body or something like that that's actually going to add something to me, I absolutely don't want it. Like, so I see women spending like $130 a fortnight on fucking lashes. And I'm just like, that could change your whole world if you invested that a bit. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. a nine. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think the um, phrase that you said in that piece, for me, I say quite often to myself, like, for what purpose? Mm. Mm. And, it, and it takes me back to your Tony Bianco shoe example. It's like, I, I remember my first pair of the Tony Biancos. I wore them in the office. And every time I wore them in the office, I was like, oh, look at me. I'm wearing my Tony Biancos. And there was this other girl that I sat with in this office. This was in my accounting days. And she was like label, 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 and like came from a wealthy family or wealthier family than me. And I remember just being like, she's just so fucking stuck up herself. And I'm like, I just couldn't stand up. But then like I noticed the shift in my body when I wore my Tony Biancos and I was like, mm. Yes, girl. Ooh, like, work it, work it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like it's it comes back to that theory of like keeping up with the Joneses. Joneses, like mm. for what purpose? Why? Like, why did my energy shift when I had my Tony Bancos on? Was I? I was trying to like compare to her. I was trying to get to her level because I saw her and having all these external labels, and she was definitely someone who was like whatever label she was wearing, you freaking knew it because she either told you about it or it was like splashed over her like chest or jeans or ass, wherever it was, yeah. you knew it. And, you know, the saying, I think you referenced this is the wealthiest people are so minimalist in showing their wealth versus the people who are like living on credit and it's like they've got the, the label splashed over because they're, they're seeking that validation from external people, from external places, external sources to be like, yes, I've made it. Mm. And then going home and sitting in there like fucking fear and scarcity. Now, this isn't everyone, but it's the majority of the population, yeah. um, the people that are in this situation. And then the wealthiest people are like, I don't need that external validation. And I simply don't because that power comes from within me. Yeah. I decide what I want to spend and invest my money on and if it looks like a t-shirt with a big brand on it great okay cool but if it looks like a t-shirt that just that doesn't even have a label that's also like that's my truth as well mm. and it's really getting clear on and a theme that I was picking up in, in when in your share was you know what's your truth yeah it's, you know, what it's funny yeah. it's funny you say that because like I remember when I first became a mum I don't know if you remember me having these conversations but I was like I wanted everything brand new right? Oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. everything fucking brand new. My son will have the best of everything. I was that mama. I was like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It's going to be brand new. Anyway, he went from uh, five zeros to four zeros to three zeros to two zeros in two weeks, right? Oh, like wow. he grew <laughs> so fast. <laughs> he's a moldy baby, right? Like he's got that blood mm. in him. He's He was a big baby. And <laughs> so I was just like, Oh shit. Like I literally, I had spent a thousand dollars just on sleep suits and none of them fit him within two weeks. Right. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, everyone was starting to give me hand me downs because when they have a baby, people just like dump stuff on your door. So I was like, Oh mm. my God, thank God. Finally. Like, and it was funny because I watched just how quickly it shifted once I realized the reality of being a mum. Right. Like it was like, Online, we see all these Instagram moms and these people like rocking up with like their kids in all these label clothes and stuff. But then when I seen how dirty they get and how grubby mm. they are and how just spew gets over everything, I was just like, for what purpose would I put all of this money into that only to have it do that? Like, yeah. obviously, I spend money on clothes for him when it's like stuff where I'm like, I want him to look decent if we go out and those sorts of things. But like, I have a rule like, play clothes as in like stuff he goes to daycare all that sort of stuff but like that's all the hand-me-down stuff because mm. I'm just like this is the thing and I seen um sorry my point I was trying to make was the other day I was in the mall and I seen this family and I could tell the mother obviously had been putting herself last because her regrowth was so long but her men looked incredible they were dressed to the nines and all their stuff and she looked like shit her baby had fucking Nike shoes on, $70 for a kid's pair of shoes that are literally going to probably outgrow in weeks, if not. Like, And I just think to myself, I'm like, that to me shows me that 
you know, when it comes to being the wealthiest version of you, it's like I'm going to put it in all the things external to me because if my men are looked after, then I'm a good mom, I'm a this, I'm a that. And I'm like, no. Like, And this was the point that I was trying to make before. It was like we have these ideas of what wealth looks like if everything outside of us is great, but then we present ourselves to the world like a piece of shit. And I was just like, that for me, I will never like actually discredit my own values and my own worth to invest in myself just to make it look like I'm together as a mom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like in that whole to make it look like I'm together, mm. anyone who tells you that they've got their shit together, they're fucking lying. Oh my <laughs> like, lie, lie, on fire. Like, and, you know, it's, listening to what you just said, it's like, again, external versus internal yeah like how who cares what clothes your child is wearing like i care about the human yeah that's inside of those clothes yeah. like if they're a little shit like and you've not been able to discipline them in a way that actually like makes them a compassionate person or an empathetic person or like you know when they see someone's upset go and giving them a hug or something mm. like that like you know i don't know i remember um it just flashed back to a memory when I came to your place, I think it was the last time I was going through some things of being able to receive love. And I literally like walked onto your uh, driveway and I just burst into tears and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then like Tiaraki just like came up to me and just gave me like this beautiful hug. And I was like that, like, that's what matters. Yeah. Like, not the freaking clothes that he's wearing. Like, that's what matters. What type of human yeah. are you raising as opposed to, like, what labels are you putting on them? Like, where is your – and, it, like, where are you investing your energy mm. and money? Because energy is money, money is energy. So it's, like, what actually is most important to you in the long, well, the long-term game? Like, we say it all the time, you know, when in our work of, like, you know, money is just time compounded, right? And yeah. I was – like the thing that I found really interesting about watching that dynamic is like, you know, how you're like money is energy, all those sorts of things. I was watching just the dynamic of the entire family and I could tell that she was just like, oh, like, you know, moping along. And he was all like pumped up, ready to go because he had been looked after. And I thought to myself, I'm like, this happens so often for all of us as women where we're like, you know, we want the wealthiest life, yet there's no input to ourselves and like something I've adopted that I took from you know working like working through all the stuff that we've worked through and those sorts of things is the tiny little wealth upgrades like what mm, does that mean what yes. does that look like for me and like sometimes it can be something so fucking simple and sometimes it can be something really really big it just depends on what that feels like and I think yeah. you know and not 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 enough women emphasize the value of their own worth in what their current financial reality is, right? And what I <laughs> what I mean by that is like we were talking yesterday just about like the reality of scarcity. Like some moments, scarcity is warranted in terms of like you know a business decision or something like that. In other moments <laughs> where you're choosing that as a way of being. Like that's where it's not warranted. That's where we get to look at what's actually going on underneath that because I guarantee yeah. you that piece is affecting not only your financial position, it's affecting how you're showing up with men, it's affecting how you're receiving friendships, it's probably affecting every part of your life. Yeah. And as a saying that we say in our world, everything touches everything. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I think it was you that I was speaking to yesterday and this example I got from uh, Alex Hormozy the other day, which we also love. And Whole pass. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yes, blues. <laughs> I am like fangirling hard and my partner knows it. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It's so known. <laughs> like the, the example that he said on his podcast, um, well, scientists did this example this experiment on a mice or a rat or something like that. It had a piece of cheese in front of it and they noticed how fast the, let's just call it mice, the mice ran without the cheese to be like, this is the base level. Then they put a piece of cheese in front of it and then they tested how like quickly it ran and it was like 2x for instance. Mm. And then they put this, the whiff of a cat behind it. So they had the pleasure in front and the, the pain behind mm. and the mice actually ran like 10x 
when it had the the two options and it was like where do I actually want to sit in between the pain and the pleasure in between the good and the bad the you know right the wrong whatever you know language you want to put around that the scarce the fear and the scarcity and you know when you just focus on the pleasure it's like yeah you are going to move forward but more than when you didn't have a pleasure put mm, in front mm, of you mm. and you know when you've got this fear and scarcity behind you you also will run at more than uh what's sort of normal but when you actually appreciate the both parts of that equation without discounting or rejecting either part it's like that's mm. where the magic happens so that's where the the magnetism happens because it's like you're not closing your eyes to anything you're not rejecting anything you're actually like in full acceptance of what is your current reality with both ends of the stick and you're then choosing where do you want to be along this line and that's a really fucking powerful way of being because it's it's full acceptance of your full self of your full reality and that is where a lot of people fall down because they're like i just want the pleasure i just mm. want the pleasure or i just want to run away from this i don't want this anymore i came from this fear and scarcity i don't want a bar of it it's like yes and yeah that was the thing i was going to speak into you see so much at the moment like the marketing online is directed straight towards pleasure and the one thing that I'm seeing, the theme of this is like, you know, everyone's going, oh, don't talk about pain points. Don't talk about this anymore. And what's happened is it's diluted half the message for half the people. And then they're like, oh, why am I not selling anymore? And I'm like, well, you know what? Like if someone's already in a space of comfort, to move them to even more comfort feels like a lot of fucking effort. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, unless like that gold dangly thing that you've got that's moving them is like, I'm talking gonna rapidly change everything in their world that that means no effort for them they're not jumping over that but you highlight the actual truth of their entire reality you give them their pain and show them where their desire can end up if you give them absolute fullness in that that's when you're going to actually start moving the needle in your business or in any kind of service-based entity that you're inside of because this particular piece like you know talked about it just before like the scarcity side of the mindset one thing that I've personally noticed is so many people have made it almost like you're not feminine if you experience scarcity you're not this if you do that you're not you know and it's like you know what like life life sometimes and sometimes emotions happen where it forces your nervous system to go into fight flight freeze or appease that does not take you out of the feminine space essentially like, all it does is activate more of your masculine because you're going to start protecting. doesn't mean you fucking lose it, right? So what we need to learn how to do is, like, when we are activating, when we are feeling all those things, like, how does our body want to respond to that? Because that's the energy we start emitting. And as you said, like, the, the magnetic piece, like, mm-hmm. so many of us are like, oh, my God, if I have any kind of level of scarcity, I'm not going to you know, be magnetizing and all these sorts of things. And I'm just like, you have no idea how much scarcity I've ran in my life and people always like, oh, my God, you're so magnetic all the time. And it's because I'm not playing the end or game or the or game. I'm playing the fucking end and the both game. If you are listening to this episode and are picking up what I'm putting down and are ready to unpack and elevate your money story, then pop over to my website and see the money coaching package that is calling your name. Find out for yourself why I have been called the money queen that everyone needs in their life. After working with me, my clients are reclaiming their power in their business. And this has seen them bring hundreds of thousands of dollars into their businesses after having me on board their team. Are you ready to expand? Then let's fucking go, queen. Book in a call with me on my website, which is alexunscripted.com to show the universe that you are here for everything that you fucking desire and you are taking action. I want to take you back to just before you started working with me and you were like, we've been in each other's world for an awful long time, like a real long time. I was one of my PT clients, peeps. Like that's nearly 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> a decade long friendship <laughs> here. <laughs> but interestingly enough, and like I've been in the accounting and bookkeeping space the entire time that you've known me. So it took you up until the last two years to actually say yes mm. to working with me and allowing yourself to be seen in all of your glory and all of your mess and all of your things around the money world. Yeah. So, you know, I really want to speak into like, what was your experience knowing 
knowing me for such a long time, mm. knowing that I was a, an expert in that field. I um, fucking did not want to show you anything. <laughs> I was like, I, guarantee? I was like, fuck, this bitch is going to like know all my shit. And I was your business coach, right? So I was like, if there is any part of lack of integrity, she's going to know it. Like, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, Nah, <laughs> I was just like, no fucking way. I even said to Abain, I was just like, Abain was the one who actually was like, rather than like dealing with this other accountant that you don't like, just get Alex to do the work. Like, and I was like, nah, babe, nah. It's <laughs> like, I actually remember that yeah. because Abain came to me and said something, and I was like, Jesus, this is weird that Case didn't come to me for this. And then afterwards, you told me that like you and him had like this mini, uh, you know, a, an interesting conversation. Yeah. To be like, why did you do that? Like, I wasn't ready for that. And yeah. Then it was like actually that was what I needed to like lean into this. So hundred percent. Like he honestly, like when when people go, oh, what does he do in the business? I'm like, he just pokes me in the right direction all the time. Like, you know. And um, anyway. I was just like, why would you do that? She's my client. I don't want to cross that bridge. I don't want to, like, make the lines messy and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, she's going to be in too many parts of my world. Like, that's literally what I said. I was like, she's going to be in too many parts because I'd already, like, you were my client, but you were also coaching my clients. And it was, like, this whole thing. And I was like, and then to have you in that space as well, I was like, oh, too much. Like, and that was that was the feminine wound, that particular piece. But the thing around the money was like because I'd made some really bold claims online about what I'd been earning and those sorts of things, I was like I just needed to know for myself that I was in integrity. And it was quite funny actually because prior to that I'd have like a huge month and then I'd have like a not-so-great month because like this, like I wasn't launching or I didn't like do anything. Anyway, I'd made those small months mean like I was a really shit entrepreneur and that was the bit that I was scared of you seeing. Like when it was like, I remember one month it was like four grand and at first when you seen it, I was like in my head going, oh, my God, she's not so out of integrity. I've just had this fucking $50,000 a month now I'm doing this and it's like kind of like, yeah. And you were like, this is a healthy business. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Huh? I'm gonna need to say that. Again. I'm gonna need to get you to say that again. I was like, my brain just couldn't compute it because I had been in like fucking charge, charge, charge mode for so long. Of like, mm. the standards have to be this high, and it never can drop. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'll have a good month, and then rather than being like, oh yeah, that was a good month, let's like reset, recalibrate, and then move to the next launch. I was like, even when I wasn't launching something, I was like, I need to beat that one, and it's fucking stupid, not smart. Mm. However, when I started having those small pieces of counsel from you, I noticed my nervous system relaxing around money and the conversations around money, like, because I'd already done so much work, right? Like, and I say that for those of you not seeing the camera, like in inverted commas, because like I knew all of my money stories by that stage. However, I just wasn't letting anyone see the back end of it, except an Indian woman who has no like like no awareness of what my actual world is you know and I was like that wasn't that it wasn't in integrity for me to be then telling clients how to impact their numbers and those sorts of things and I think within it was only within a couple of months of you coming on board we'd taken the um like really cleaned up all the figures and it turned into like I'd already had a multiple six-figure business, but it then was like, okay, suddenly we've got six figures of revenue reoccurring. Like, you know, we know what's happening and those sorts of things. And I could I could start to piece together the part of the CEO that I was disconnected from. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, I actually feel like I'm on top of my money. Like right now, full transparency, I haven't touched my zero file fully for three weeks. And there's a part of me that's freaking out about it, right? Because I'm like... <laughs> I was in there on Wednesday and I'm like, oh, she's not been in here for a little while. Like, I've done a couple of little things, but every time I'd sat down to do it, my son was like having something going on. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I'd come back and then I'd go, I'd come back to it later and I just wouldn't. And anyway, I was like, oh my God, we've got on the podcast. 
but I'm like in my head I'm like if that's my biggest concern right now whereas before mm-hmm. like that was three weeks right before like I remember being like I don't know what's happening and I'd get this huge tax bill and I'd be like what what does this mean like why am I paying this like I don't know what the expenses I had no awareness of what was happening whereas like the way that you did it it not only did it bring me back into my power with my money, but it also just like the literacy that came with it of just like the awareness piece of like, wait a minute, what the what the fuck are you doing? And now like every time I like tap my per- my cred- my business card for something personal, I'm like, oh, and you're like, I've got to put that in the personal file now. And I'm like, there's so many conscious processes that happen now. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this means I'm actually aware of what I'm doing with my money now. like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful point to to speak into like we don't get taught financial literacy in school. That's just not a thing. And I'm like, how or why? Like it's it's such an integral part of life. Mm-hmm. And especially if you choose entrepreneurship or business ownership, like no one teaches you this stuff. And you and even me, like I started out as an accountant and but then when I started my own business, I had like this chip on my shoulder to be like, I advise people how to do these things. I I'm, I'm gonna know all the things. Mm. But then when you actually do it for yourself, it's like, oh damn. Like there were a few things that I was like, fuck, I, I wasn't ready for that. Like and I was in a position of where I was advising. So I was like, I should know this. I do mm. know this, but like it's different. Yeah. So like I can incredibly uh, appreciate someone who didn't come from an accounting background to then be expected to know all these things and to be aware of the you know ATO deadlines and the requirements that are needed by the ATO to you know put you on that green list the gray area and yeah like the green list of like um you're not being flagged for an audit essentially yeah, yeah. allowing yourself to to say yes to an education in this piece is fucking huge because the the fear, the shame, the guilt of like, I'm a business owner, I should know this, the fear of well, what do I don't know? I don't know what mm. I don't know. And I've, it's it's going to be pretty massive because like everyone talks about how hard it is to like, you know, generate revenue or like taxes, like they're seen as bad. Like if I've mm. got too much money in my bank account, I'm seen as greedy. Like all those negative connotations that society just like shoves down our necks. It's so funny too because I remember when I first started earning a lot of money, like and you said like we just don't know what to do with it, I was suddenly like, oh, my God, I've got money to go spending, right? took me straight back to my childhood again. And so rather than like using that money to get in front, the first like year, I was going to Kmart every week and spending $500. I kid you not. I had to go like I did this program with one of my coaches and we had to do a 90-day give up to go up. I gave up fucking Kmart. Most people that I'm just spitting everywhere. Most people are giving up chocolate. They're giving up like, you know, things that are like having some kind of physical impact on their health. Like it would might be like porn or it's like, you know, uh, eating gluten or it's like something like, you know, like small. I'm here like I've got to give up Kmart. I'm not allowed to walk in a Kmart store until these nine days. So it definitely stopped my addiction to Kmart, like 100%. I don't shop at Kmart at all anymore however it was like one of those things where I was like you realize it's bad when that is the parameter of you like growing up giving up like something where you're wasting your money on time and time again and I'm like and I know that I'm not the only one who does this right like so many people it might be different things that they're doing it with I don't even know how to explain it in terms of like the mindset that goes behind just being like, oh, suddenly I've got more so now I can like dispense of it because for most people who are having that, I guarantee you're on the phone right now going or listening right now going, oh, no, that's not me. And if you really look, you'll find somewhere where it is. Yeah, and that's a, that's a key point. Like, if you actually look, yeah. like I'm all about having radically honest conversations with yourself and, you know, you cannot move through what you cannot see. Mm. And so that's the biggest like slap in the face that I see with clients when they come on board with me, especially when I do some bookkeeping support. I'm like, who owes you money right now? When was the last time you spoke to them? Like I write off around about 50% of people's, uh, around about 50% of the money that people are owed to my new clients 
literally because they're too scared to have conversations because mm. they're too scared to look at the reality of what people owe them and then to action take action from that because their habits their rituals is like we don't talk about money we don't ask for money even though we've provided the service and we've raised an invoice and they've paid a little bit of money and like oh but they're you know this is happening in their world and that's happening in their world and i don't want to say that and and you know whatever excuses come up but it's like that's a habit yeah that is a ritual mm -hmm. that you are used to because you are used to being you know raised in scarcity in fear do you know what i find the most interesting piece on all of that though right it's like mm. especially in the coaching industry like your whole fucking job is to hold someone accountable right <laughs> and like if you can't even have the conversation about the thing that they said yes to like the one thing that i say is like did you actually say yes to them in integrity? Did you sign them up in integrity? Because if you're too scared to have that conversation, what that means is that you feel like you didn't fulfill a service. All right. And then what happens is then you get into your fear and your scarcity and then you over deliver. Yeah. Or like, yeah. It you're crazy. You're like making sure that they're okay. And I'm just like, wow, I've played that game before and I will never, ever, ever play it again. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's your role as a coach is not to mother them or smother mm -hmm. them. It's like actually hold them in their highest. Hey, X, you promised to pay this amount of money every week. You haven't. Where are you at? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And and to those people who were like, yeah, but I actually don't have the money right now to fulfill that commitment. Have a fucking conversation. Yeah. Like open up the channel to be like, hey, Al or hey, Case, like I know that I owed you $100 this week. I don't have the funds in my bank right now, but I will at this time. Yeah. Or, you know, there's some ambiguity in my world right now and I will check back in with you at this time. Mm. So like at least honoring what your current reality is and creating a, a different set point to be like, I will check back in here or I will follow through with my commitment here. That's still honoring your relationship with money. That's still giving respect to your coach or to your service provider. Mm. That's still saying yes to the uncomfortable thing and, and, and shifting your relationship with money into a healthy space. Yeah. Even though you may not actually have the money in your bank right now to fulfill that commitment, you're still speaking into it. And mm. that energetically like creates shifts in your world like you would not believe. 100%. And I think like people are like, oh, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to have that conversation. And it's like as a person who is a business owner and we have this as a, a – thing across the board in the company it's like if you have the conversation with me around what's going on I've got so much more respect for you as a client because I know that I can trust your word whereas if you yeah. just suddenly stop paying and like not showing up I'm like I don't want to deal with that person because I can feel that there's unsaidness right so it's like that that dance between of like how am I going to show up for it and like really be a stand for this as well because even as the business owner if you're and one thing i've deeply learned is if i'm not willing to have those conversations like i'm also not willing to be paid i don't want the money like that's the simplest thing and like you know often you know you'll you'll be like oh i've jumped in had this conversation and those sorts of things because i've noticed what's happened before you and you were like no case you actually need to leave these to me now because it's like that was one area of my business where I just didn't let drop and now it's like going oh wait hold on I can trust other people to help me bring this in as well like I don't have to be the only person that's on guard protecting yeah. everything right like I think it's so incredibly powerful when we look at the fullness of what can be created when we're actually looking at the the, the truth of where money is being owed to us and where we're owing to others like I'm really big on the conversation. I've had so many seasons in business where I've had to like, you know, push back a deadline of something being paid or something like that. And it's not because I don't earn enough money, just sometimes it falls in different times when it comes into the bank. However, I could make myself look like a really shitty business owner because of that. I really could. Or I can go, you know what? It's not there right now, but I know that this is when it lands and this is when it's going to land to you and open that dialogue and what happens there is they go yeah cool no worries case thanks for letting me know absolutely yeah and it's all about the story and like what are you allowing it to be yeah 100 percent. and it's like, like it comes back to that where i made scarcity really wrong right it's like 
the one thing, like, and I say this so much now, it's just, it cracks me up, right? Obviously, since inflation's happened, I know our mortgage has literally doubled and I know everyone's feeling it at some level, right? But the thing that makes me laugh the most is like, no matter what's happened anywhere, no matter where my bank account is, my physical life doesn't fucking change. Like I, like I can literally have my bank account sit at like an incredibly low number and I'll still be doing the same day-to-day things and still be living the same life and still having the same successes and the same wins and the same things. However, once upon a time, I wouldn't have been able to enjoy that if my bank account reflected something, right? Whereas now I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. We've just had a big outgoing. Amazing. I know that that's going to refill. Cool. Let's move on. Let's do the thing and like allow the business to be supported and hold it with integrity because the most common thing that I see with business owners is they sit in so much resentment and entitlement towards their business and to who those other people are that should pay them that they actually forget that if you're not holding the energetic of like welcoming, receiving, open, no matter what's happening, you are going to repel that money every fucking time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes back to our point that we said earlier about, you know, where is your nervous system regulated for? What is your yeah. nervous system regulated for in on that roller coaster or stability? Yeah. Like and and knowing what your current reality is to be like, yeah, we have had a big month of expenses and we know why. It yeah. was intentional. It didn't just pop up on us. Yeah, exactly. Like it was known and I'm still calm. I'm still able to live like my, the wealthiest version of myself. I'm still able to be that person. Like I, whereas previously before doing this work, before leaning into, you know, a healthy relationship with money, it's like, shit, Mm. what happened? Oh my God. And you hear people talk about it so much. They'll just be like, oh, you know, fucking money. And like, they'll say things like that. And I'm just like, you watch yourself. I'm like, <laughs> there's it coming to you now because you just disrespected it. Like, you yeah. know, it's like you wouldn't talk about your partner like that. You wouldn't, well, some people would, and you only have to look at their fucking relationship to know what that's really like, you know. But, Amen. like, I think to myself, I'm like, no matter what it is, regardless of, if you want more of that, like, you get to give it gratitude, right? Gratitude is the fucking key attracted to miracles. And when we allow ourselves to sit in that, like even on the days where I'm like, oh, this is really hard today, right? Like for those of you who don't know, I have a chronic back injury and it can really fuck with my mental health sometimes, like really, really fuck with it, especially when you don't, when you have a child that doesn't want to sleep, right? (laughs) So some days I can be like, oh, fuck this. I'm so tired, right? And I can either choose to stay in that or I can recreate my reality. And I can be like, okay, cool. What does that look like for me? I'm tired right now. And does it have to be the way forward? No. Everyone's like, how do you have so much energy when you've got all these other things going on? And it's like, it's the creation point. I choose it. Choose it every day. I can choose to focus on that stuff, which sometimes I do. And every time I do, something fucks up. Like truthfully, something fucks up. So it's like, okay, cool. If I put my energy and effort in where I know there's a return on investment, both financially, energetically, in the physical spaces, I know that things move. I just know that. So it's like, okay, cool. Like I literally, every time I clean my house, this this is probably fun for your audience right now, but like, you know, one of the biggest things to manifestation, right, is cleaning your spaces, clearing them out. Every time I clean my house or I'm clearing out a storage room or I'm doing something extra, I am literally saying the affirmations. I'm clearing this out to make room for more. I'm clearing this out to make room for more. And if it's something specific, I am literally being like, I'm like, I will walk around the house some days being like, I'm clearing this cupboard out because I'm calling in 20 grand. Like, and people are just like, what? And I'm like, don't just clear shit out because it's just going to be replaced with something else energetically. Like be intentional about what you're clearing out and calling in because all of that stuff matters. And be clear about what you want because money loves clarity. Oh, yeah. I, and I think like <laughs> what you were saying before about, you know, choosing what, uh, choosing your energy levels, choosing your life, essentially, like I was coached on the power of choice for three years. So I'm huge on this mm-hmm. and it's like, 
10% we choose our life consciously, 90% we choose it unconsciously. So like whatever is happening in our world, whatever is showing up, like we have chosen that, like at a conscious or an unconscious level, we have chosen that. Mm. So it's like, and then, you know, secondary to that, what is my choice now to be like, am I shitty at that? Am I grateful for that? Am I like, meh about that? You also have a secondary choice. Like when you actually start to live in that paradigm of I chose all of this. Mm. Yes, it may be uncomfortable. Yes, it may not be like what I think I wanted. But when you look back in hindsight, it's like, that's what I needed. Yeah. Like, and, and an example of that is like my dad passing when I was 18. I'm like, at the time I was like, fuck this. Mm. Like, he just died in 36 hours with no fucking warning. Like, what is this bullshit? How did I choose this? I didn't fucking choose this. Mm-hmm. But then the lessons that I was able to build and grow and the woman that I've become because of that experience and having that at such a young age, I'm like, I wouldn't be able to be this human if I didn't have that experience. Like I chose that. Would I have, you know, would I wish that upon anyone? Absolutely not. But like, I can see the beauty in why that had to happen at that time. Mm, 100%. So it's like, it's like the soul contract, right? Like a lot of people like, they go, I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. And I'm like, I believe in the power of choice and I always believe that what is for you will not fucking miss you. Yes, absolutely. Amen. I'm like, I don't care what anyone says in regards to that because there's been so many moments in my business where I could have backed out. I could have walked away. But there was some part of me that was like, just fucking stay. Like, especially in the earlier days when I was literally like struggling. Like I had three jobs at one point trying to get this business off the ground. And there was something that was just held strong, like that real staying power. And the minute I would like push over that piece, like that bit that like I want to disconnect right now, I want to quit, but I just like, I'm just going to go one more day. That next day something would fucking land, right? And it was like the universe was like listening to what I was choosing every moment. And I always say it like the life that you're living now is a culmination of every choice that you've made up until this now moment. Right. And I think back even like five years ago, right? Like my life, literally single, week to week, diagnosed infertile, scared of fucking men, had no idea what my future was going to be like. And I was constantly asking, when is someone going to come and save me? Right. This is on top of 10 years of self development already. Right, like let's just highlight that. I've been doing self-development since I was a really young woman. Right. And I think the biggest thing is like that victim consciousness that I was still holding was still masking my ability to show up. And it still rears its head every now and then. And I have to get really honest with myself when it does. Because I'm like, cool, what what hit what bit of myself of myself did I just hit? Like and I know we're going a bit over time here, but I think this is a yeah. quite cool because like I see this show up in my relationship. If that victim consciousness that was still there from my childhood ever rears its head, the first place it gets affected, even though it's about money, it goes to my relationship. It's got nothing, it, like it won't show up in as a money problem. It'll show up as a, what's my partner doing wrong? What's this doing wrong? What's that happening? And people are like, well, why are they, why is it always about the partner? And it's got nothing to do with that, right? And it's like, well, the part of us that we have to own in ourselves doesn't want to own that piece yet because we're not ready to dissolve that. Because if I dissolve that, the identity shifts and then the paradigm changes and then that's a whole new world that we don't fucking know yet. Right? So it's like this last six months for me has been like such a deep digging, like a deep digging and like literally came to this point, I kid you not, like three weeks ago where I was like, and I tell my clients all this all the time, right? I'm like sometimes. It's not about like putting it on your partner for them to earn extra money or it's not about like blaming them for where you're at financially. It's just about going, what choices have I made that led me here every time? And I remember I was sitting there and I'd had the conversation because I'd had a really, really tough financial week and I was, I was cranky and it was the first time in my entire adult life that I'd been cranky over money and not one part or ounce of blame went externally and the bigger shift like so I've done a lot of it where it hasn't gone externally before but there was no shred of shame in my body for myself that was the shift 
right? That was the shift. It was fucking huge because I was like, rather than like, even though like for years I've not blamed anyone else, I'm always like, I am the co-creator here. This is me. This is my, my thing that I'm doing. And even when I had my son and I was like a month from giving birth, I was still like, oh, you should be doing more. You should be, you should be, you should be, you should be, you should be. And this time when it happened, like obviously I knew that there was more money coming in. I wasn't stressed at all. So there was a whole different element of like what the scarcity actually looked like. And I would still normally go, oh, I should be here. I should be there. But I was just like, this is where I am right now. And I can sit here and shame spiral myself. And every time we enter a shame spiral, we activate more fear, right? That's just the duality of what that works. Your feminine is going to sit in shame. Your masculine is going to sit in fear because it's going to want to override everything and, like, find the figure, the way, but it's finding the way through, like, through, through, like, rather than actually getting a bird's eye view and actually having a look at what's going on. And so when that was happening for me, I was just like, oh, cool. So what happens now? And rather than being like, I'm going to force myself to do more, I was like, there's an inward space here that gets to happen. And this came off the back end of a conversation with one of my mentors. So I said to her, I was like, I have these moments where I'm like, and it's happened to me right before every up level I've had. Right before every up level I have, my fucking bank account completely wipes itself. And she's just like, yeah, because it's your opportunity now to reflect and re- like recheck in with every offering that you have. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and she'd said it to me before, but when she said it this time, I was like, oh. like this woman's been my mentor for like 10 years, right? So she knows the trials and tribulations that I've walked through. And this time when it happened, like it was, and just to highlight, my bank accounts weren't completely empty like our personal accounts weren't. It was this was just the like the business one. But I was like going, okay, cool. What's here for me? What do I get to dive deeper in on? And where do I want the direction of my business to go? Because I started noticing I was feeling disassociated from my brand as well. And I was like, huh, hold on a second. There is something here. So it wasn't so much about the money. It was about who am I being in business and where do I get to check in with that level? And so I was like, cool, we get to do a bit of a brand deepening here because I noticed I'd moved so much into strategy talking around business that I forgot the the whole bit of my business that I actually do teach more of is the energetics piece. That's my jam. And once I realized, I was like, I'm not displaying that online much anymore. I was like, oh, cool, there's the piece. And then as soon as I connected in with that, everything just started moving again. That's such a common, it's a common theme I see as well in my clients to be like, oh, I'm not having having any money coming through or it's dried up or whatever the thing. And it's like, I need to work through this exact money thing. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, it's not about the money. Like it's the money is literally a byproduct of the person that you are, the things that you were doing, the actions you were taking, the inactions that you were taking. Money is actually the byproduct. So everyone who is focused on like money, 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 I want all these things. It's like, yeah, you can, but like, what about this option over here? What mm. about like, you know, being in integrity with what you were teaching? Are you embodied in what you were teaching? Like, which leads into, you know, your signature program, like embodied business, where in your entire world, not just your business, like the whole program is your entire life. Mm. Where are you out of integrity with that? Where yeah. are you not in an embodiment of what you teach? That's the leak. Like that's mm-hmm. where we go with the magnifying glass to then backtrack essentially to the reverse engineer and that will have a flow and effect on your money world 100 so i kid you not yeah, like literally you and i were having conversation the other day about i can't even fucking remember what it was about and i was like oh and as soon as i went oh you're like oh the payment just went through <laughs> yes what we're talking about but i was like that's literally what happens when we start to quantum shift and i talk about this all the time like I used to have this operate like this belief I operated from that was the men couldn't love. And the minute I was I actually was like, holy fuck, that's what I'm operating from. I get to put that down. I'm no longer gonna choose that because if I choose that, this is what my road looks like. And I get to choose that men can love and I'm gonna find a ways that they love. And that was the commitment I made to myself. 
Could you not? 24 hours later, I'm sitting on a date with a fucking man that I now have built an entire life with that I am so madly in love with four years later. And I'm just like, huh. Like, that gets to be the reality when we actually, like, uh, incongruence, congruency with it. And, like, I think a lot of people, well, I'll, I'll say this point and then we can wrap up if you want to be my fourth time. But, like, so many people get so excited because they're like, oh, yeah, I've got this belief now, I'm just going to change it, right? Mm. But until you're fucking, like, so solid in that, like, the congruency has to be, like, there is absolutely no part of me that still holds on to that belief, that's when it shifts. And so it's like if you've still got a little part of you that's going, oh, not worthy of that. Like I was literally sitting, I've been playing with this, like, um, I guess you could say like this leadership practice of late of like, you know, the question is am I actually acknowledging and living into all my desires, right? And like every time, like I'm so just brutally honest on it, like this is the practice that I do. I'm like what are my desires for today? And then it's like did I actually follow through on what I desired for today? So some days it might be like I just want to go out and I want to have a really nice breakfast. So you'll notice that I'm like having more breakfasts out and things like that lately. And I'm like. Because for me, that feels really nourishing. I really love just sitting at a cafe and doing some work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, cool. And on the days when I know I have that thought and I don't acknowledge it because I'm like, oh, I just can't be bothered or I don't want to spend the money. I'm like, cool, interesting. Like just noticing where I'm playing into that with integrity or not and just getting really, really aware of what am I asking for and what am I not actually allowing myself to be in the space of asking for. So if I want something, did I actually speak into that? Yeah, amen. And I think in on a relational relational context to that, so many people are like, oh, but he should have known. He should have known that I wanted flowers. He should have known that I wanted him to prepare a bath. He should have known that this is what I wanted for dinner. I'm like, um, did you say something? Seriously? Like, how the fuck? He's not a mind reader. I Like, stop winching. I had this conversation with my Ask. mom, right? She's like, I've been with him for 25 years. He should know. And I'm like, because my mum always looks at my relationship and she, I think she now compares her relationship to my relationship because she's always like, oh, my yes. God, he's so amazing. And, um, and I'm like, Mom, do you think that Abane just suddenly decided he was going to buy me flowers every week and he was just going to, like, be this most amazing man all the time? Like, did you think he just figured out how to love me perfectly? And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, she goes, he just does so much for you. And I'm like, I had to train him. Like, yeah. I literally was like, hey, babe, when you – Put the sink in the cup in the sink and you don't put it in the dishwasher, it fucking rattles me hard. So can you please yeah. just move it from the sink to the dishwasher and keep the sink clear? Because I don't like a full sink. I said, if you're yeah. not gonna put it in the in the dishwasher, don't put it in the sink, put it on the bench. And he's like, Oh, okay, simple. I know that now. Right? Like so, so simple. And so not. The flowers thing. Yeah. Babe, I want flowers every week. Okay, okay, flowers every week. Simple as that, right? It's like a simple asking. And I used to put it online all the time, but now I don't because it's so much of my norm and my paradigm of my world. Like some weeks he may not get them purely because of like time constraints and all those things, but it's never a like, it doesn't feel shitty now if I don't get them. But And when I get them now, I'm like, oh, he remembered again. It's never a Oh, flowers again. Like I never get that because I'm like, oh, he thought of me again. He knows that I love me. He loves it. Or he'll be like, make me a cup of tea just because. Like, you know, like the other night I'm sitting there playing with Charity Kid. He goes, I need you to go and sit on the couch right now. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I made you a cup of tea. Do you want to enjoy it or not? And I was like, oh, okay. But like that. I love you. Yeah, but it's <laughs> those little things because like – I've literally told him everything that fills my cup up, so he's got the golden ticket on how to love me, as he's done with me. Mm. You know, and I think money is exactly the same. It wants to work with you as well, right? You took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, you've provided clarity yeah. around that relationship in your love relationship, and money wants that too. Yeah, it wants the clarity. Like, if you want fifteen grand months, fucking say it. Say and claim that if. People always go, oh, I can't afford that. And then suddenly they say yes to something that they didn't expect to and they find a way to fucking magically have the money every time, every time. And I'm just like, like I said to you, I made the biggest, like one of the biggest investments I've ever made starting next year. And Mm. 
I'm like shitting myself because I have no idea how I'm going to come up with that money. And I'm also like, it'll fucking happen because I've made the declaration. I'm just not worried about it. You know, somehow it will come through and it'll, it'll work work out. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well to close out, uh, one final question, keep it short and sharp for me. What is the biggest money lesson that you're moving through right now? I think it would be the one that I was speaking into with the scarcity piece. Knowing the difference between like setting yourself up through allocating things and not making it mean you're in scarcity, if that makes sense. Like, you know, for me right now, I'm in a really huge uh, evolution with my business and my branding. So like there's a huge part of my budget that's been moved from one particular part of my business and it's moving into marketing. And for me, prior, I would have been like, oh, but I can't have the both of them right now. And that's making me really angry. Whereas I'm like, no, this is actually creating the both of them. And this is the way that we move that through. And so, um, it's really looking at the long game of the structure side of the business rather than like, you know, what's cool or what's in right now. I'm really like (laughs) boring business for me is like my jam right now, really coming back to what that means. And, um, I guess just recalibrating at that level because you know, behind the scenes, I've got some other things happening with money that I don't know what that looks like. And so I'm just learning like, okay, cool. Like I get to be with what is here, move towards what is coming and also be unattached to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Mm. I love that. Mm. And just a side note to speak into that awkward thing. That's my alarm at 10, 15 AM every day. An alarm goes off to remind myself so that I check in to be like, am I alive? Am I being playful? And am I being grateful for what I have in my world? So if you're still listening at this point, I invite you to do something similar because that checks me back into my current reality and allows me to be present and allows me to be like, what's actually here for me right now and what's my choice, which I think is a beautiful encapsulation of what we spoke about now. What is your choice? What are you choosing? Uh, Because at the end of the day, everything that's showing up for you is showing up for you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for coming on the Money Queen podcast. I've loved having you here. I mean, we could chat all day, every day. I swear Um, we could make 50 podcast episodes just from the Landrum conversations. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Oh, so good. Yes. Mm, Thank you very much for uh, your time and your space and your energy and your your friendship. (laughs) So welcome, babe. And I just want to say this publicly, like, you know, I don't think it, ever can be said enough like what it is to invest in your financial literacy and being held accountable in it so if you are thinking about doing this kind of work with you Al like get in there like she's obviously like my wing woman in life basically a man thinks we are lesbians and (laughs) like having someone who has your highest intentions always especially from an unbiased space in the in that side of it I don't think you can like really put that into like what it actually does for your own personal growth as a woman. Because when I first started with you, I remember the conversation of like, yeah, cool. I was earning all my money, but I didn't have any power in it. And, you know, it gets to really be a reality where we get to hold it powerfully. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Love you, darling. Love you. Thank you, Queen, for saying yes to your yes in listening to this episode and being a part of raising the feminine collective one conversation at a time. Remember to share this episode with your business besties and join me in breaking the tabooness around having money conversations. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and share this on your social media, remembering to tag me in it to help this conversation go further, which creates a bigger ripple effect.